Welcome to Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. I'm Anne Roby, an HR advisor and consultant focused on building strong employee engagement and meaningful company culture. And I'm Sherry Essig, an executive and life coach, and I work with people who are done settling for less than success and happiness. So, Anne, you know how much I love the movie Serendipity. Yeah. And it was kind of in my mind recently from our conversation with Marty in June, where she talked about this beautiful story of serendipity on how she and her husband met. And you know what? She didn't even really tell the whole story. So I'm going to tell a little bit of it for her now, because I do agree with you. There was so serendipitous that, as she mentioned, she was living in Europe. Tony was traveling around Europe. And because there was no technology, they would literally leave notes for each other in different train stations and just kind of hope that the other would come through that train station and see it. And there's just something kind of sweet and magical about that. I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Well, that got me thinking about the movie Serendipity, which I have probably seen 10 times. And by some stroke of magic, Warren really loves this movie as well. (laughs) And so he never gets tired of watching it either. But what really made me think about the movie was it's a similar premise is the two characters, Jonathan and Sarah, they run into each other on Christmas Eve in Bloomingdale's and they both are reaching for the last pair of gloves and they have this instant connection. They end up just going, I think they're eating ice cream sundaes afterwards in a little restaurant named Serendipity. And he's all enamored. He wants her phone number. And she's like, no, 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 no. If we're meant to be together, we will run into each other again. So she's a little on the woo-woo train. Yeah. She's very much on the woo-woo train. And so these things happen through the movie where they are very much near misses. And I don't want to give the movie away, but listeners, if you haven't seen it, it is just such a movie. Serendipity, don't give it away. (laughs) Right. It's such a sweet movie. And everybody looks so young in the movie because it was a long time ago. But I think it just speaks so beautifully to how we all have these moments in our life. I mean, Marty had these amazing experiences of she and her husband running into each other, not her husband then, but also taking action to give serendipity a bit of a boost. Yeah. I think that that's it because I think things happen all the time and all around us. And serendipity, even the word sounds a little magical, right? It sounds like a a little mystical or something. And I really love the thought of the difference between just, I don't know, good luck or something and serendipity. And what you just said is exactly what I think the difference is. And that is Again, things happen around us all the time, but do we take action on them? Well, first of all, do we even notice them? And then second of all, do we take action on them? Do we take advantage of the fact that this sort of magical, lucky thing has happened? And to me, that's really where the difference between just plain old good luck and serendipity lies. Yeah, I agree. In the movie, Sarah is the main female character. She defines serendipity as a fortunate accident, but then she says, I don't really believe in accidents. 
And of course it's a rom-com. So, you know, they, I'm not ruining it for anybody because it wouldn't be a rom-com if they didn't like ultimately end up together. Um, But what is so cute in the movie is that they set a couple things up. She puts her name and her phone number in a book and then she takes the book and to a bookstore and sells it. And her view is, you know, if we're meant to meet, this book will come back into your life. Now, It's not that it is just going to randomly do that. Every time he passes a used bookstore, he goes in to see if they have the book. And there's the action. There's the action. And I think it speaks to what you just said around paying attention to these things and noticing and then making a choice as to what to do about it. You know, this makes me think about my friend Robin, who this isn't a perfect analogy to serendipity, but it's really, really close, is she made the comment to me one day that she was really excited about something that had happened. And it was something she had really been wanting to happen. And she said, you know, I just think I'm really good at manifesting. And I looked at her and I said, I think you're really good at manifesting as well. But you know what? You really work your butt off. And she looked at me and she's like, Oh yeah, there is that, right? Well, I mean, that comment about your friend Robin reminds me about my most recent move that just happened at the beginning of July and you were there for part of it. And there's so much serendipity in this as well. So it's similar. So here's what happened. I have been looking for a new home in San Diego for a couple of years. And for one reason or another, it just was never working out. Saw this really cute house come on the market in February, but it came on the market a little high and it wasn't kind of in my price range. And then I was in Encinitas with a friend and we were just walking down the street talking about my real estate woes. And just like realtors do, there was a, there was a retail location with pictures in the window. And my friend Susan points to this picture and says, well, that's a cute one. And it's this house that had been on the market in February. But of course, I've looked at 47 million houses at this point. So I was like, "Mm, I think that one's sold. I'm not quite sure. And there wasn't a price next to it. And there were prices next to the other ones. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know what this is. So I just, you know, I look on Zillow. It's not listed on Zillow. So I messaged my realtor and said, weird, that really cute house is sitting here in the window of a retail location, but it doesn't look like it's on the market. More serendipity ensues when she finds out that the sellers are thinking about possibly putting it back on and I'm only there a couple more days and yes, they'd be willing to let me come see it. So then the next piece was that I was actually there with you. And so I don't know, Sherry, I think at this point I've looked at, I couldn't, 25 homes down there. And other than one that you and I kind of randomly walked into one time because we saw an open house, this was the only one that you ever got to see with me that I was actually really interested in. So again, just kind of like perfect, cool timing that you were in town. And, and so it is, and it's almost, it was almost so weird because I remember back in May and June when I was talking about it and I'd say, oh, this house. And you'd have to kind of remind me, yeah, yeah, I got to see it. With I you, got to right? see it. Well, and just to clarify for our listeners, neither one of us lived in San Diego at the time. You were wanting to relocate to San Diego. And I was in San Diego for my annual one week of the year in San Diego. And this happened on your last day. For the listeners that don't know me that well, I have an affinity for elephants and I have a bunch of elephants in my house. I just love them. I was lucky enough to 
go to Africa and see them live. And I just have a deep connection, I feel like, to elephants. And so does the gal selling, evidently, because there's elephants all over her home. And so it just ended up being lucky that my friend Susan saw it, lucky that you happened to be in town. But then I really had to take the action to meet that luck with really doing something about it. And now I'm in my beautiful new home. Which is so exciting. And I can't wait to come back and see your beautiful new home now that it is yours with your furniture in it and your elephants in it. So this is making me think about this article we both read that was written by, I don't know if I'm in a butcherous last name or not, but Dr. Christian Bush, I think is how you pronounce it. He's a professor at NYU. He teaches at London School of Economics and he writes about serendipity. So I love that somebody who is at the London School of Economics writes about serendipity. But he had a little piece in his article, and I just want to read it. The serendipity trigger is random, but our response is in our control. In contrast to blind luck, like being born into a good family, that just happens to us, serendipity is smart luck that we can influence. Once we realize that serendipity is not just about a coincidence that just happens to us, but is actually the process of spotting and connecting the dots, we can then start cultivating it. I love that because it sort of harkens back to the movie character that says, but I don't really believe in accidents. Exactly. And so these, sometimes I call them these threads show up around something just randomly pops up. And I am a firm believer in paying attention to that stuff and regularly picking a thread to follow without having any agenda at all. But it's like, huh, this is interesting. This just kind of showed up. Wonder where this goes. And honestly, sometimes they go nowhere. But it's a very cool practice of creating more space for serendipity to happen, I guess is a way to say it. As we said at the beginning, part of the magic and kind of the alchemy of some of this serendipity happening is really allowing it to happen and noticing when it does. And so we all live super crazy busy lives and we're all going a million miles a minute and all of that. But I think we often get these kind of you called them threads or we get these whispers. You and I have talked about internal whispers. And I think we read something where we talked about serendipity being kind of like external whispers. So we get these little clues that something could be beneficial to us in our lives. And it kind of reminds me of even when you and I met a little bit, there was so much magic in that. Like I had just started at a new company. Had I started a week later, we probably would never have met. And I think we've talked about on the podcast before, but just for our listeners. So I I literally just started at this new company and somebody had hired Sherry to come in and do a workshop and a program. And I remember sitting in the audience, just kind of really vibing with what she had to say and just thinking like, wow, this is, I think we're reading the same books. I think we're talking about the same kind of things. And we just had this kind of deep connection almost instantaneously. But again, it could have been like a a nice lady that came to do a workshop, but instead you and I both took the action to try to make that something more meaningful. And not only did we then subsequently do some really great work together, but we have kind of a lifelong friendship now and have had many, many adventures together as well. 
And we have a podcast, which we would never have had if we had not (laughs) met on that fateful day. And I just want to add into that. So first of all, I had the same experience you were having. I'm like, wow, if I had put a plant in this room (laughs) to make comments and ask questions, she would have been my plant. (laughs) I'll be your plant anytime, Sherry. (laughs) Oh, thank you. But you can say it was a stroke of luck. It was a stroke of good fortune. One of the definitions of serendipity is an unplanned, fortunate discovery or a happy or beneficial coincidence. I think this is a really great example. What an happy, unplanned, fortunate discovery that we were both in the room on that day. Yeah. And it could have gone lots of different ways. And as you say, it could have just been, wow, it was great to meet you. And it could have even been, let's have lunch sometime. But I think we both had this sense of, huh, this is interesting. And it speaks to your discussion that you were starting about threads, because it wasn't just that this interesting speaker named Sherry Essig was coming to speak. It's that we seemed to have some things in common. And then we took the action to have lunch. We discovered more things in common and we just kind of kept following those threads. And we sort of realized that these individual pieces could weave into something more than just the sum of its parts. And I just want to add one more thing into the story. And I don't even know if you remember this, but like two days later, I ran into you at the gym Which then made me think, I wonder how many times we have seen each other in this gym and just occupying the same space. And so there's also a little piece of sometimes with serendipity, you then start to realize, oh, there have been these other opportunities or moments where this might have happened in a different way. So it's just all fun and magical and cool. For a while, there was this somewhat creepy dating app that. I don't think it exists anymore, but it would tell you if you were in the general vicinity of somebody that was looking for somebody like you. Um, And so it was a little creepy, but it is funny to think about how they were trying to apply technology to this thing that we're talking about that happened. You know, this is a bit of six degrees in some ways. How often our paths are crossing with people that we may or may not even pay attention to because we're just going about our daily lives. This makes me think about my friend Jim. We worked together at a bank in LA. I was in my 20s. And I have never forgotten him making the comment one day that I do something every day to crack the door open for a miracle to happen. And the thing that was so profoundly striking about it, this is a guy, he ran technical accounting. He loved everything about accounting. He was not somebody you would have experienced as this super woo-woo kind of person. And yet he a hundred percent was moving through the world with this perspective that there's miracles all around us and we have to keep the door open at least a crack so the miracles can come in. You know, what's sort of striking me is that some people may think this is a little woo-woo or a little out there, or a little spiritual or something. So here's the deal. I don't really care what you call it. And if serendipity isn't really the word for somebody, that's fine. But the fact is there are these things that happen all around us all the time. And if we go about our lives, not really 
paying attention, not really being open to the possibilities, not welcoming something that may seem just a little bit off. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the job that you took with Freddie Mac back in the day. That was not sort of part of your plan at all. Just to set the stage for the story, I'm working at a bank in LA. I really like working at the bank. The person I was working for had recently accepted a job at Freddie Mac. When he took the job, he asked me if I would be open to coming to work for him at Freddie Mac in Washington, D.C. And my response was, let's talk about it when there's a real job. And I don't really think I want to leave L.A. anyway. So he hadn't even moved yet. I'm in my office. I get a phone call from a recruiter who is cold calling from a recruiting firm in New York City. And she starts telling me about a job. She tells me she got my name from a friend of mine named Bob Maxwell. She starts telling me about this job. Yeah, kind of ho-hum, like not really interested. She says, are you open to relocating? And I say, probably not. Where is it? She says, rest in Virginia. I'm like, is it Freddie Mac? And she's like, it is which was so bizarre. So I proceed to grill her. She thought I was crazy. I'm like, how did you get my name? Really? You were cold calling planning departments. You got my name from Bob. In that moment, I thought, what are the odds of this happening? This is so crazy bizarre. I have to go on this interview. Fast forward, I go, I interview. There's a lot of red flags. Sorry to interrupt your story, but this is a really good example of your analytical brain might've said, nope, I like LA. I have already said this isn't something that's interesting. It's not logical. There's some red flags. I'm not super interested, but you didn't just pay attention to your analytical brain. There was something more in this because I know where the story is going. You actually go and take it, but there was more than just this linear A plus B equals C. There was something that kind of piqued your interest because it was more than just a coincidence to you. Is that right? Right. And let me just say, I love my analytical brain, right? I'm pretty attached to my analytical brain. So, but it was such an overwhelming coincidence. So I decide it hurts nothing to go and interview. I'm going to go and interview. This is just too crazy. This is too big a coincidence. So I go in, I interview. There are some major red flags. Analytical brain is saying, no, 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 no. There are red flags. Do not take this job. And I could not shake the feeling of this is too big of a coincidence to be ignored. Yeah. There were a couple separate distinct threads here that you were starting to weave together. Exactly. It was the first time in my life that on something really significant, I did not go with what analytical brain was telling me to do. Now I did go so far as to say, you know what? I'm going to take the job. It's crazy coincidence. I think I'm supposed to do this, but worst case scenario, I worked there for a year. So I don't have to pay my reload package back. And then I just moved back to LA. So I did have a backup plan. What I love about this is we're not at all suggesting, hey, just jump right off that cliff. Just jump right off and don't worry about where you're going to land. What we're saying is pay attention, pause. Like your friend Jim says, leave the door open for the miracle. And so what you did is you paid attention, you paused, you listened, you pursued, but you also had a backup plan just in case it didn't work out. The other piece in here that's important is it was also a good opportunity for me to learn the lesson that things aren't always linear. I ended up working there for three and a half years and it wasn't the right fit for me, but I was so convinced that the series of coincidences happened for a reason and it wasn't done playing out. And honestly, 
if I had not paid attention to those coincidences, nothing about my life would be like it is now because it just set up a whole series of events that I won't even go into or we'd be recording this podcast forever that led to me doing the work I do now. I wouldn't know you. I mean, I can just trace this line of all the things that are so amazing in my life now that would not have happened. And I'm sure I'd have a perfectly fine life. Don't get me wrong. But it's incredible to me that paying attention to those coincidences had such a profound impact on my life. And the point was not long-term for me to be at Freddie Mac. Yeah. So that's really interesting because sometimes we can take a a step forward and it can feel like, oh no, this wasn't right. But what's interesting about your story is these series of these little threads, like we're talking about. And then even though it wasn't the miraculous, fabulous job forever and ever, it then led to the next step, which led to the next step, which sort of reminds me of some of our guests. And when they've gone through some of the really tough tough, terrible things that they've gone through. And when they come out on the other side, you can't know what you're going to learn along the way or what the purpose was of you going through some of those really awful, yucky things. And so we're talking kind of on a grand scale, but I'll tell you, it happens on a little scale too. The other day I was moving things around and I take these little herbal remedies called Bach herbal remedies. And they're for different things. At one point, somebody had suggested I take these two. And then at another point, somebody had suggested I take these different three. So I was moving a couple of those bottles around the original two and one of them slipped out of my hand and broke. Okay. So maybe I'm just klutzy (laughs) and it just purely slipped out of my hand and broke, but I really sat there and thought about it for a moment. I'm like, maybe my time with that is done. That's not serving me anymore. And it's not that the hand of God came down and knocked it out of my hand or something, but it just was like, was that just a pure accident? Or was, so I'm going to not take that one for a while and, and see how I feel. And so who knows if that's the right answer or not. But for me in the moment, it's like, maybe this is the right answer for right now. And so I think all of this that we're saying, again, like your friend Jim says, crack that door open for miracles or be open for these breadcrumbs, as my friend Vanessa, who's been on the podcast says, or the threads or the whispers, whatever you want to call them, it doesn't matter. But it really does start with being open and then not assuming that everything is just like happenstance. Sometimes even just the act of trying to apply meaning to something can actually be a relief in some ways. So this is reminding me of one more great example. I have a client who was flying home from, I think it was New York City. She was supposed to be flying home with her boss. At the last minute, her boss had to stay in New York City. The flight was sold out. The seat opened up that was next to my client. And there was somebody who regularly flew this route who was on the next flight. And the gate agent knew him and said, hey, a seat just opened up do you want to take this earlier flight? And he said, sure. Got on the flight, sat next to my client and they were married now, right? Like they've been married for, I think maybe five years now. So this serendipity was that he sat down next to her, that her boss didn't fly. There was an empty seat. He ended up sitting next to her, but the action was they made a choice to then get together for coffee or lunch. But the serendipity was that seat opening up. They could have been sitting side by side and not had a conversation. They could have had a lovely conversation. I mean, how many times have you had a lovely conversation on the plane? And then it's like, nice chatting with you. And that's the end of it. 
Well, it sort of reminds me of that Einstein quote that there's only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. And the other is as though everything is a miracle. And I really think that that's what we're talking about. If we just have a little bit of wide-eyed wonder about things occasionally, not be so busy, not just be so facing our cell phones or in our books or whatever, but really open up to the possibilities of things, magic can happen. And on that magical note, I think we will wrap up our episode for today. We really hope you enjoyed it and would love if you would share our podcast with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, or post it to your own social media. And we're also starting to cook up some new offerings associated with the podcast. We're going to have some more information on that soon. But if you want to be the first to know, head over to flowingeastandwest.com to join our mailing list. We promise never to spam you because we hate spam, but do hope to bring you some exciting programming in alignment with the podcast. Until then, please join us next time for Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. Mm